HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Vivino. Discover and buy wines wherever you are. Visit vivino.com slash heritage to stock up. I'm Souther Teague of Amoria Margo and the co-host of The Speakeasy right here on Heritage Radio Network. You know, my favorite thing to do every week is to come here and be on the show. I have lots of jobs. I am a very busy person. Um, and I do this because I love it. I get to sit down and talk to all my heroes for about an hour every week. It's incredible. And I hope that you enjoy it, making a great effort to share with you. And we'd like you to share back with us. It's our summer fundraiser, and we'd love for you to donate uh, at heritageradionetwork.org forward slash donate. You can click on the beating heart, and you can even choose shows that you'd like to donate to specifically. And you can also choose a recurring monthly uh, gift. Uh, and for all that, we'd be greatly appreciative. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm HRN's Executive Director, Katie Mosman-Wadler, with a preview of this week's episode of Meat and Three, our weekly food news roundup. This week's theme is youth. We'll have a report on how migrant children separated from their families at the U.S. border are being housed and fed. Right now, what we're very worried about is just the influx of kids created by this zero-tolerance policy. We'll also look into a program that's ensuring free summer meals for kids are only a text message away. Summer is the hungriest time of year for a kid who may not have that safety net of school meals. We discover a new home economics curriculum. I'm not trying to raise a generation of chefs. I'm trying to raise a generation of nourishers who can nourish themselves. And we meet a teen chef who's talked his way into several of New York's top kitchens. I never try and be, like, annoying about it, but I really want to get my foot in the door. Tune in to this week's episode of Meet in 3, available at heritageradionetwork.org and wherever you get your podcasts. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. And my name is Souther Teague. Souther. Hey, Damon. How are you? I am well. Excellent. Well, how was your 4th of July? You know, I took it as a mental day. I closed the Mori Margo on the 4th of July for the first time ever. Mm. And I didn't leave my apartment. <laughs> That's great. I hung out by myself. How many uh, times did you order Seamless? That's not true. I actually left for, <laughs> for two hours. I walked over to Bargoto, 
and had a drink at the bar and a snack at the bar. Did you have wings and celery? I just had, you know, they got the new um, cauliflower tots that are just ridiculous. I've not had those yet. You feel somewhat healthy because it's cauliflower. Any trickery, you know. It's probably not healthy. <laughs> witchcraft that makes me think that I'm going to be healthy. Uh, but screw my 4th of July. <laughs> I mean, it was great. I needed it. I needed to take a day well, and you know, say, our, fuck it, I'm not doing anything. You know, like in Radio Land, our 4th of July was spent with... Uh, oh, yeah, with, with Wondrich with, and, and Rothbaum getting iced. We got iced. That was uh, pretty epic. Yeah. Those dudes are really hilarious. I was thinking about that while I, I was I aspire in, to their hilarity level. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> I was thinking about that while I was in Texas. I That's was actually right. You down, were in Texas for the 4th of July. Yeah, for Willie You were Nelson's in a whole other country. 4th of July picnic. Yeah. <laughs> The great nation of Texas for <laughs> Willie Nelson's Fourth of July picnic. He's uh, what is he eighty four, eighty five now, something like that. Um, you know he he keeps slowing down yeah. and getting quieter. He's more, but like he's not stopping. Gently stroking the guitar and whispering into the microphone. He's still ripping on the guitar, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. His uh, cadence uh, in, in his vocals is a little. I, you know I, what? Okay, I think, what was having this conversation? Well, I think with luckily he kind of already had that. You know, he's yeah, already well, like, uh, you know. He's already gypsy jazz, you know. like sure. I, I know that there's like, I'm a musician, and I, I know that there's like, I'm, I'm not a great musician. Um, I, I can I can pick up a guitar and play it. I can find middle C on a piano. Um, <laughs> that's about all I can do on a piano. But the thing is, I, I was like talking with some people about this after that show. I was like, is there something I don't know about like jazz that <laughs> that, that I'm missing here? Because like. He's like he he kind of always like stumbles upon the one, like coming back in like his cadence is just all over the place, and he just kind of finds his way back into the the lines of the song, sure, which I think is amazing. But I like I'm like oh, oh, it like keeps you on the edge of your seat, you know, like you're like what what yeah where's he, he going uh, where's he oh, going and he landed it okay. yeah 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 wow but, only uh, let him slip away yeah that's him <laughs> no he's more like but they only let him slip away. Right, and then he ropes it. Yeah, I kind of decided, I suppose. And then, like, right on the one. And you're like, what the hell just happened here? <laughs> Fucking Willie Nelson, man. Anyway, uh, that was who, cool. Yeah, you were out there with a group, right? I was out there. My my twin brother and his fiance met me out there, and we were uh, hosted by the the great Michter's brand ambassador, John Holzinger. Yeah, man. Big John. Big John, man. We were, uh, we were having a good time, man. Yeah, I saw some of that stuff on your Instagram. Had had a uh, a refrigerator full of Lone Star and a counter full of Michter's whiskey uh, the entire time. Lone Star, the and, national and beer breakfast of Texas. tacos every uh, every hour know, on the every hour. breakfast and lunch. <laughs> actually, and we went to uh, we hit three barbecue spots in one day and bought some hats. Uh, so I, a new hat, not, not cowboy hats, just hats. Just called hats down there. You know, <laughs> I call it hats where I'm from. Right, right. In Mexico, Mexican food is just food. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that was a good time, man. And also, it was great to like go uh, visit a bunch of bars that uh, you know revisit them and visit a bunch of new ones. Actually, like I hadn't been to the Weather Up down there. I hadn't been to. Uh, I had interviewed. Um, this is before you were on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scranton Tooley, uh, who owns um, a really cool bar called Whistlers, in in like the East Side. Right. It's all happening over there. Uh, so I got to finally, four years later, yeah, I interviewed right, him four years ago. Right. Um, but it was a phone interview. But uh, I got to go visit that bar. It was lovely. An amazing spot. 
Um, got to go to Bostic, Chris Bostic. Love him. Bostic spot, uh, the uh, half step. What an amazing dude he is, too. Really charismatic. Yeah, totally, man. It was, dude, it was just a really good trip. And I hadn't been to Austin in like, I hate to say this, but it had been like seven years or so. And it's well, it's changed a bunch. And there's, honestly, like, people can say that about any city, really. But like, I, Austin's got like an amazing, amazing food and booze scene. I mean, they always did have that, but it's just crazy now. I feel the same way about Nashville, which I'm going to uh, here in, like, I guess within the next couple months. I, I know that I haven't been there in, like, t- even longer, like 10 years probably. But uh, I can't wait to see how that place has changed. I don't, I'm not afraid of change. No. Are you afraid of change? Nope. Yeah, yeah I, I, think it's, I think it's cool. I mean, like, I don't think any of us would be here if it wasn't for change. That's true. Um, and, you know, like, there's, you know, you got to take good with the bad, the bad with the good and everything. But, like, I think that seeing the way that especially in our industry, you know, like seeing like progression of uh, all the bars and restaurants and just like the education and kind of like the enthusiasm of the industry yeah, and, and for the industry, not just like internally, but like for, you know, the widespread, wider spread audience, you know, is really cool. And actually that kind of... We've broken the fourth wall, you know, we, we no longer exclude the guest from, from the goings on. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a good segue to introduce our guest today, actually. Absolutely. Um, today we got Matt Curry here, um, who is uh, the creator of the New York Cocktail Expo, which is coming up. We're going to talk about that a lot. But you've also done a lot of cool things like uh, Best Wings Festival, you know, some barbecue events. You've <laughs> written a lot for a bunch of people, but you've never actually been behind a bar as a professional. Is that right? Uh, well, first, thanks, guys, for having me. Hey, man, uh, yeah, No, thanks so much, Damon Seller. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, you know what? After doing this stuff, and, and really my background starts off as being an enthusiast. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up in the Alcoholic. family. <laughs> <laughs> Layer zero term. Let's get down to it. Let's reduce it, right? Uh, my father was a cook. You know, uh, uh, my mother was a cook as well. Loved growing up and cooking food. So as soon as I found out it was all about recipes and cool ingredients and technique and stuff, I said, okay, this is for me. Um, so after putting really, starting the cocktail expo, I said, you know what? I got to get behind the bar. Oh. I got to get behind the bar and, and see what this is about because so much of my philosophy was on this side of the bar as the guest. Sure. Speaking to that, and I said, the, the, let good, me get, side. the good side of the bar. <laughs> let me get behind the bar. <laughs> let me get behind the stick. So I did have a chance to do sort of a mild apprenticeship at a couple really cool cocktail bars, actually on Long Island, some guys doing some really standout stuff. Nice. And I, when I was there, I said, I need the foundation. I'm going to go to a dive bar, get behind the stick, pour beers, pour shots. Sure. Yeah. And just get down in the rough. Tend bar. So that's, so that's tending bar. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You know, and, and it's funny speaking about attending uh, bar and going into philosophy. It's like, what are you really tending? And that's a bigger question. Correct. Um, and so, really, really great opportunity for me. And then I was just able to speak to so much more of the things and really relate with everybody that I was talking to about the cocktail expo. But wait, now this happened pre or post your first New York expo? I did the first New York cocktail expo in 2016. As and after I did that one, then you went and got behind they, the bar. They were kind okay, of. So that's where I was confused. That's yes, amazing, though. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it was such a valuable experience for me because, once again, you're seeing it from the other side of the bar, and that's when you can start to speak to the things that you care about as a guest. You know, human beings are vibration-based. We're not returning to a drink. We're returning to a feeling. That's why comedians always end on a high note. This way, I can't wait to feel that again. I have to tell everybody about it, and that's why it's so important. Um, my background, I was a musician. Uh, as we were talking about. So it's about playing songs, giving people an experience, and they want to come back for more. Um, and I love the showmanship behind the bar. That's just part of everything I did. I would yeah. say to like I would say to my staff and in any staff that I train, like if I'm doing a consulting job, if it's my bar, whatever, like everyone's on stage. Like 
put your best face forward. Yeah. And like be a team. We're clean. We're clean. Like and like let's rock this out and like at the end of the, the night, which is like you know, maybe there's an encore after <laughs> closing time, but Right, but yeah, but you have to treat it like you're you're yeah, on you're stage. Not a, you're not in a bubble. You're visible it's the whole time. Absolutely, it's I think you know everything I'm, you do. Yeah, as this in this, I'm a bar goer. I go from bar to bar. I'll go to high end cocktail bar. <laughs> I'll go to my accounts. Uh, I'll visit my accounts and look. I'm going to dives. I'm going to cocktail bars, and most of the time, I'm paying attention actually a lot on the crowd and why they're there and what are you doing here. And what doesn't they all say the same thing? Because I feel amazing here. Yeah, and it's about vibration. So that's interesting. You know, you uh, think yeah. you sit, I think that's a common response. Like I love this place. Well, no, I, just I think it's like, rarer that people say, I love this thing they have. I love this place, is what they say. Exactly. They're, they're coming together in a vibration. And that's what this whole thing is. It's like, if you concentrate on how you make people feel, you will run a good business. Because that's how human beings, what they respond to. And it reminds me, when I'm out, I have so many experiences. And imagine you're at a great cocktail bar. The bartender has been working weeks or months, however long, on this perfect recipe. And every detail is down. Everything is perfect. And when he finally serves it to you, he's so proud. He's like, he can't wait for that first sip. You take the first sip, he gets the response that he wants, that, ooh, eyes are opening, ooh, suddenly it's your favorite cocktail, it's now your favorite place. Then you get a text message. It's horrible news. It's a bad loss. It's something that you just cannot deflect. All of a sudden, you are anxious, you don't feel well, your drink is soured. It's yeah. now the worst drink you've had, and you never want to go back to the place because you don't want to revisit that feeling. Yep. This is why hospitality comes first before anything else in bartending, because vibration and how you make someone feel is key to what your drink experience is going to be like. And that's also why you shouldn't be on your cell phone at a fucking bar. Oof, yeah. Just saying. Yeah. You know, I've talked all the time about, like, there's, you know, I was a chef for 12 years before being behind the bar. Um and I used to, you know, when I go to places that, that are restaurants but have televisions, that would be oh, yeah. kind of my same story. I would say, okay, here's the deal. A guy and a girl are on a date, and the girl has her back to the TV, and the guy can see the TV, and it's his favorite team playing, and everything goes pretty fine. But after the, event is, after the thing is over and his team loses, right, something about that place bothers him, and she can't really tell why she's bothered by that place, but it's because she's being ignored the whole time. Right? All the food yeah. was good. All the service was good. Everything was good. TVs are terrible in a restaurant. I agree. Sports bar, perfect. Cocktail bar, no. Never. No, absolutely. And that's so funny that you're talking about your team. It's, you know, it, hospitality starts with your team. By oh, the bar. absolutely. If you go to, a, you know, a friend's uh, uh, house party and the hosts aren't getting along, they had a fight or something, yep. that vibration is the source of the party. Right. So hospitality really starts, and you can't project that type of emotion and feeling if the team isn't projecting hospitality onto themselves. Yeah. And that is so key. It's the source of of, of what Absolutely. it is. It's really cool hearing you talk about this uh, as kind of like, I wouldn't say an outsider, but like someone from the other side of the bar. Because like what you were saying before is that kind of struck me as very interesting is like, like, and especially talking about like TVs and bars and stuff like that. The TV, like a lot of cocktail bars, the TV, like the spectacular, it, like, uh, you know, involvement is watching bartenders make their shit, you know, right. like make, make drinks and like doing the thing, like running the show. And what you said before was uh, that you look around and you would notice how uh, like customers were like enjoying their time. I never like honestly, like I get to like I'm too like tunnel vision a lot of times. Like, I mean, I see all this happening in my bar, but when I go to another bar, I'm kind of like focused on what's happening right in front of me, like mm. when I'm watching the bartender do their thing or watching the chef do their thing at a restaurant, you know, like sure. I always love, if there's an open kitchen, 
I want to sit there yeah. at that counter and be at the open kitchen. Same. I just like to see how things are done. At Same. Now. In fact, I think that's how I sneakily fell in love with bartending. My last live kitchen job was a, a chef's counter where people sat. Eight people could sit. And you got to talk to And we customers. could talk to them. Yeah, totally. And then I went away from that, and I taught at the culinary school, and then I came to New York, and I got behind a bar. Yeah. But like that was my experience. Like, oh, oh, but, it's not just through the double doors. I can interact with these people and be part totally. of their experience. Yes, because it's like we say, you're, you're bartending, but so many people get wrapped up in the technique and everything else that you forget that there's vibrations and beings, human beings at your bar. You're really tending to them. And, you know, when you speak about this thing, <clears throat> we're talking about beverage trends at the New York Cocktail Expo, and we really are bridging the gap between consumer and trade there. So you really can now get with your guest. Beverage directors can see what consumers responded to, so they have that consumer confidence to invest in certain products they want behind their bar because their guests want those things. It's a two-way street. Part is us hanging out, tasting cool things, and going, this would be great. I want to culture my audience this way. But it's also them saying, yeah, but we like this too, and we come to your bar. Let's have that behind your bar. You exactly what it is. It's something spicy, not too sweet. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right, maybe, right. Maybe with Mezcal. <laughs> maybe with so, mezcal. <laughs> so in beverage trends, yeah, we're talking about the longevity of the industry, and that's why we talk about the vibration so much. We have a parable at the New York Cocktail Expo. You guys might enjoy bartenders seem to enjoy the story. It's called The Gardener. And uh, The Gardener, his skill set uh, through time, of course, is to know how to cultivate and make his garden grow. So within his garden, he has all sorts of different uh, trees. There's herbs, there's fig trees, there's cactus, there's peppers, there's all these things. And each one of those plants needs to be cared for very differently. Some need their leaves clipped, some need a lot of sunlight, some don't need any sunlight at all. And it's his job and function to know how to take care of every single one of those plants so that they can blossom and grow. There's also weeds in the garden. The weeds are going to kill those plants in the garden. So it's the gardener's job to make sure he's taking care of those weeds and taking care of that garden. Now, all of those different plants in the garden, who do they represent? Everyone that comes to sit at your bar. Sure. Somebody comes in, it's a vibrational thing. You're a great bartender, you know he wants to be left alone. I went to a bar one time, I had the vibe of I wanted to be left alone. I think bartender was practicing chops, hey, what's your sign? And I, you know, I had to wrap up my check and go because I was just in one of those moods and it actually chased me out of the bar. Sure. So it's one of those things where you when you know how to care for your garden, what are you doing? You're cultivating the garden and your garden grows. Yeah. When you're not focused on hospitality, the weeds take over, the, the drunk old guy hitting on all the girls and everything, and you don't have your chops down to take care of those things. This is when your garden dies. When people are having that, this guy didn't even acknowledge me when I came in. Is there something wrong with me? What's going on? Why can't we get served? These vibes are no good. Hey, one and done. Let's go to the next bar. Hey, we did that place, but we're not going to go back. The problem is, is that you get people that come in, they leave. The longevity belongs to so many of these gastropubs and dives and taverns because that's where just that booze and vibe is going. So the story of the gardener really reminds us about hospitality and you're really tending something. You're not just tending the bar, you're tending to beings. And that's how you make your garden grow. And that creates the longevity for the industry. When we focus on vibration and hospitality, it's going to be long. What's always been their booze? What hasn't? Cocktail bars. People want sure. escapism. They want that raw escapism. If they don't get that after the 40-hour work week, they're just going to go to the tavern and hang out and down shots. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great parable. I like the story. I mean, of you're definitely like 
reaching me as as part of your audience because I'm a total hippie. So like, yeah. I like, I like, I like this whole like garden growing analogy. I can see you in the garden uh, with, with, with the hat and everything and taking yeah, care of every stuff. So that's well, the story of the gardener yeah. for the New York Cocktail Expo about hospitality. I, I love that. That's great, man. Thank and, you. And, and I mean, also it, the uh, I, well, go ahead. It reminds me of you know we all know Jim Meehan was very famous for saying I don't serve drinks, I serve people. Yes. Yeah. Right. So yes. It's, it's like that's that's the lengthier story. You're not the rock star. Your guest is. Yeah. Once you focus on your guest as the rock star, and we take that term out of things, it's not about your head, it's about your heart. Now. Right. It's not my party, it's their party. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So the, Vibrations, yeah. What's cool about this to me is like the the very, like, like unfortunately very recent conversation that's been had, I would say maybe like over the past like two, maybe three years, I don't know. But it's just like the the generation of this uh, this vibe and conversation of true hospitality and like kind of taking out the kind of rock star mentality of like mixology or like rock star chefs and all this shit, you know, like the, just which is actually shit. It's like fucking bullshit, right? Like getting that shit out of the way and then getting down to what's actually happening. Like I would say, like calling a cocktail bar. Is redundant. It's like calling a restaurant a food restaurant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a restaurant that specializes in food. Tuna fish. This is a bar that specializes in cocktails. It's like it's fucking ridiculous, man. Yeah. So, but uh, I, you know, go back to that point. Like, um, I really like the the idea and the enthusiasm that you have behind this because, like, it is true. Man, we've been talking a lot about this lately. Yeah, we we've spoken so rarely about like. Cocktail techniques and yeah. and, 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 and this shows about and trans- hospitality and bartending. Yeah, <laughs> we've we've like just in recent like uh, shit, man. Like the last like year, we've mostly been focusing on like the idea of hospitality, and a lot of that is it, yeah. sharing information, yeah, yep. and techniques and stuff like that. But it's not like showboating behind right. your bar, and uh, it's not about like it's been, sit down, shut up, and and like right. let's. <laughs> Talk. You're <laughs> taking care of people. Let's, shut up and then let's talk. Isn't the let's idea be. that uh, you know hospitality starts in the home? That's where the term comes from. You're taking care of people. They're your guests. You're and there to care for them. And I've had bartenders. You know, I've been out. I, I get a pretty good tolerance from going to all these bars. I'm a pretty good, big guy, but sometimes I don't have enough food in my stomach. And I've had great bartenders that had a really good chop to cut me off. Not sure. that I was belligerent. I never get that way. But they were taking care of me before it got that way. Yeah. I said, Hey, can I get your check for you? Yeah. I didn't ask for How about it. a glass of water? Anything. And I, you know, it's like, yes, that's so great. And when I leave and it hits you and you're glad you're safe in your home, it's like, thank you for taking care of me. Yeah. Which is that kind of segue into what I really like what's trending now, which is low ABV drinks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just so drinks. I'm loving this so much. Well, let's take a quick pause, actually. Yeah. And we'll come back and talk about low ABV drinks. And then we need to talk about the expo. Yeah. And instead of drinking low ABV, we're going to drink this beautiful bottle that you brought us. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. I want to, And when we get back, I want to remind me, because I want to tell you about something that was a, a major, like, it... it it hits the food side, the uh, the responsibility side, and low ABV side. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got a cool one for you. We'll awesome. take a quick break. Stay with us. Uh, come right back to the speakeasy. Cheers. Bye. Cool. this weekend. They've asked you to bring wine. You need a bottle that says, 
I'm laid back enough that I didn't think about this choice for hours. But also, I've graduated from Two Buck Chuck, proving I can provide for your daughter and our future children. Where to go from here? Just ask Vivino. Vivino knows feeling pressured in the wine aisle can sour the whole experience. But with the largest wine inventory, Vivino gives you the best price on personalized picks based on your taste profile, then ships them right to your door. Scan wines, compare reviews, save your favorites, and even get unlimited free shipping with Vivino Premium, plus a free 30-day trial. So, when that next visit rolls around, you know exactly what that dry Alsatian Riesling says about your commitment to your mother-in-law's Sunday roast. Visit vivino.com heritage to stock up. Vivino. Wine made easy. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. It's a new Garden Club show. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> we got oh, Matt Corey. Well, speaking of gardens, I, I poured us some of this delicious... Well, we haven't tried it yet. I, uh, you tried it, Damon. You said you tried it before? I had this. I, yes. I brought you a gift. How do you pronounce uh, this? So I just read it, uh, and I don't know the pronunciation. Europan. Uh, but but if, if that's the correct pronunciation, that, that I don't know. Um, Charanda Blanco, European yeah. single blended rum, mm-hmm. quotes quotes rum from Mexico, and it's uh, it, right away the aroma tells me this is like an agricole. Yeah, like funky. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. That's right. I'm getting into that funky stuff. I bet Ed Rudisell knows all, all about this stuff. Cheers. 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 <laughs> oh, okay. Ooh. So there's actually like a pretty cool thing with uh, like popularity of agricole rums, oh, like yeah. Claren, oh, you know, yeah, from man. Haiti, stuff like that. So this is like... Well, we're doing a lot of Martinique really rums at the new windmill. Yeah. Frenchy place. Yeah, yeah man. This is... Uh, I'm enjoying it. I mean, it's the funky mixed with sweet together. Wow. They're kind of dancing like perfect strangers. It's got to be... There's kind of like a... <laughs> like nobody's watching. There's like a smoky, like cucumbery kind of vibe to it as well. Like, yeah. it's kind of like... Uh, this is like... What's the proof on this? Uh, 46? 46? Yeah. 46? Yeah, 46. that makes sense. Yeah, 46. So this is, you know, I have a lot of cool influencers and tastemakers in my circle. They're always trying to turn me on to things. And for me, it's like the expo actually represents me. It's educational. I'm always learning. It's something else I'm always learning. So this was given to me by home barman of 4519, a true speakeasy in Astoria. Um, his name is Peter Roccaforte, one of the most hospital guys you'll ever meet. And today is his birthday. Oh, so I'm going to say happy birthday, birthday Peter. Peter. And he said, Matt, we got to get this rum. And that's why I, I got this rum. So he, he selected this one. Uh, he thought I would like it, and we would like it as well. And he thought of you, Southern. Oh, so thanks. cheers, Peter. I'm and it, it. I think he made a good choice. I'm digging it. Yeah. It's uh, Very cool. now, funky and grassy. And yeah, you're right. There's a little smoky, smoky like cucumber. A grill, like a grilled cucumber. Yeah. Oh, I like Well, speaking of, oh, actually, that's perfect. Because actually, what I was going to talk about before the, uh, the break was uh, the, that, like, the mark of hospitality and like, the things you can do. I was at uh, I was at Phil Ward's bar, my OL, which rest, rest in peace. Um, and one day we were sitting there, and we were just like, we were drinking like some some Palomas. We're like, eh, just kind of take it easy on the, the alcohol. We're just 
want something refreshing. And uh, we had these Palomas, and then uh, and then he just took like garnishes from the bar. Like he took a cucumber and he like mandolined it, you know, like thinly sliced it, put it on a, a long plate, and he. Like he took a, a lime and he squeezed it over the top, and then salt and pepper, and like well, cayenne pepper. And was uh, he making you a salad? Exactly. <laughs> well, it was cool. The way it was laid out was just like like long, and it was like he was like, "Hey, you want a snack?" I was like, "You just did that with your fucking garnishes, man!" <laughs> right, <laughs> right, amazing. And but that was so cool because right. like they have food there, they have a kitchen, yeah, or yeah, he did at least you know whatever. Um, but the thing is, like, he was like, eh, need a snack. So I started doing that at Prime Meats back in the day. Like, after I saw that, I was like, dude, this is incredible. I started doing it with cucumbers, and then, like, I, I was using chartreuse, but... Right. Chartreuse face. That reminds me of this this concept we were doing for, for a restaurant, because I get into marketing, and I'll, I'll come in from conceptual angles, where I'm not this totally trained mixologist. I'm a marketing person, and I can go concepts. So we wanted to have a different presentation to bring um, higher quality rums and a higher quality spirit into the shot world. So it's deconstructed tiki drinks where you'll have, you could start with your rum, then you go to lime, then orsha, and then you can go to coconut cream and you're having this taste experience that brings you and the garnishes end up, you end up eating at the end. Oh yeah. So it's a deconstructed cocktail. Fun. So it's a fun yeah. presentation if you're doing tiki and you can invest in your theme. You Remember those little sets you used to build in sure. elementary school with the shoe box and you'd put everything so your tiki drinks are in there and you can mix it up and now you're bringing yeah. I used to always do deconstructed tea <laughs> drinks yeah, when I was in elementary school. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. It's a fun adventure. Um, but yeah, low ABV drinks, <laughs> I have to say, is a big part of this hospitality thing because it got me thinking about taking care of the guest. And there's times, you know, where uh, my girlfriend, Nikki, um, I would take her to a bar and, and we, she'd have two drinks and have to stop and be, that's too much. Yeah. And now it's like, I'm taking, now I'm taking care of her when we were in someone else's home. And it really got me to thinking about tolerance and culture and what's happened, the, the, the old paradigm of the old cocktail ratios, an ounce and a half, two ounces of booze and everything. And, and well, I, I would conjecture that those are relatively new. Back in the day, it was, it was backwards, right? So, what we sure, call an upside-down sure. so, Manhattan right. was a Manhattan. Two ounces of vermouth with maybe an ounce of whiskey. Okay, so right. So now you're, you're trying to bracket it into so a we're time going, frame. We're going back, You're yeah. trying to bracket it into it. So that's this, whatever time frame that's in, that's what's happening. And now people rely on those structures to make their drinks. And when you get into the low ABV world and drink world that has nothing to do with alcohol, I mean, people go to Starbucks for caffeine. They're, they're in and out there all day long. There's other stimulants besides alcohol here. There's sure. so many things we're not thinking about that's cool. Capsaicin, aphrodisiacs, um, you know, infusing these things to give you different types of... Psil- well, 420 is coming around. Infusions, um, all these different things. So when I got to thinking about this, I started making, you know, there's a drink I make at home now that has like a, a half an ounce of bourbon in it. You know, when it's got almond milk, I'm working a lot with almond milk now. I'm using stevia, 100% honey, because I have so many sweeteners, I got to watch out now. Right. So now I'm using coconut palm sugar, making syrups with that stuff. It's delicious. It's like a molasses. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's wonderful stuff. So there's an ounce and a half of booze. I had three of them, and I was feeling a little saucy there. There right. was no, I was realized, I was like, if this was my culture and this was my world, a drink with an ounce of booze would be considered high, high octane. So when you're in a culture that has an ounce and a half to two ounces of booze, and that's what we keep pushing and keep pushing, there's a lot of voice coming from our industry about being responsible. Well, if, like, again, if you're spending a lot of time on a cocktail and you give it to somebody, you want them to have an amazing flavor and taste, or do you want that to be the last drink they had that night before they got behind the wheel or they got sick and someone had to take care of them? So I think part of this hospitality thing is saying, 
how many ounces of booze really should be in a drink and should we start doing treading new ground with half ounce, more liqueurs, different things, and focus on flavor. Absolutely. You go to Rita's, you go, Ralph's, you're having ices. You go to smoothies, you go to a smoothie. There's no booze in there, but people are addicted to taste and so many other things. So when yeah. you focus on psychology and vibe, if you guys are drinking and I'm not here, somehow I'm connected to your vibe in some way, and that has a lot to do with your experience also. So this is something I'm really liking for health and to be more responsible as well. No, I, a year and a half ago, I looked like I was 28. It's so much water, and now it's like all these drinks and all my job. I'm like, I look like my age now. You know, it's crazy. Are you is is New York Cocktail Expo going to focus on low ABV this year, or do you have a an angle for that? We, well, actually, let's just talk about New York Cocktail sure. Expo in general. Yeah, let's go there. What's the layout? How's this thing work? So right, so this is our fifth show. We so, are. Let's New talk about this, but then I want to circle back to <laughs> yeah, low yeah. ABV. We can always hang after and have some drinks. Um, this is our fifth show. So we are New York born and raised. Uh, first show is 2016, and from that we actually started in the Long Island market, which needed some love. So we brought a lot of brands out there. They started doing a lot of work out there with this a lot cool scene happening right there on Long Island. Um, so we're going to have um, spirit brands are teaming up with bartenders. So they're coming in. You're not just going to get a spirit tasting. You're, they're also going to be working with product. So for example, like Diplomatico Rum will be teaming up with Patent Pending uh, mm. to do a tasting as well. Cool. So you have a returning champion from Astoria was Mike DeTota from the Bonnie. He's mm -hmm. coming back this year teaming up with Benham's Gin. So we will have New York City, Brooklyn, Queens, all going drink to drink for best cocktail. So if you're a bartender, you want to get involved, you want to team up with the spirit, get in touch, write to uh, nycocktailexpo at gmail.com. Spirits also, you want to get on board and team up with bartenders, you know, not just meet them there, but actually be working with them and already be, have a relevant reason to be talking to them get in touch and that's what we're doing so we have our main tasting room with all the spirits when the cocktail tastings but we also have this year um is a new rum room so this is going down august 19th it's a sunday it's at the melrose ballroom in long island city right on right melrose ballroom it's going to be 2 to 7 p.m. are going to be the tastings. And then for VIP guests who are, you know, there's only a limited amount, so you got to get that ticket now. We're going to do a rooftop after party from 7 to 9. DJ hanging out, no worries. But special this year is the Rum Room, which I'm super psyched about. So we're going to have rum selections in there, 1888 teaming up with Drama Dairy Bar. You're going to have uh, Rum JM is going to be there, the real McCoy rum. A lot of these rums are looking for bartending partners. So if you're getting excited about this, I got a really cool announcement. So we are now holding, after Tiki's becoming so popular right now, it's coming to a head, we are holding New York's official Tiki Throwdown. So in our rum room with the bartenders and those spirits, they're going to be serving Tiki cocktail samples, but serving full cocktail presentations to the judges, and that's going to be super fun. So our announcement for our official judge for the Tiki Throwdown is Brian Miller oh. from the Polynesian. <laughs> so you want to serve some Long drinks to, to Brian Miller. Super cool dude. Really doing it awesome. Uh, we're spreading the tiki love right now. You want to serve some drinks to Brian Miller, be judge, want to come together at the Tiki Throwdown, get in touch, nycocktailexpo.gmail.com, but we are super psyched about this Tiki Throwdown. So that's going to be super fun. Excellent, man. That Very sounds cool. like a ton of fun, actually. Yeah. So... Uh, New York Cocktail Expo, how many days of events is going on? So we have typically been a one-day event. Oh, it's just tasting. one day. Okay, cool. And we had just had people say, hey, we'd love to do seminars. Our people worked with us said, we'd love to do seminars. So we said, okay, we'll add a couple. We don't have 50, 100 seminars. We're not doing a week-long thing. We just kind sure, of go sure. incremental. So actually, our good friend, Eamon Rocky, uh, he, he was doing a, a milk punch seminar, yes. a Let's Clarify seminar. And actually, that, that sold out like in three days. It got packed quick. Yeah, um, it's an RSVP. There's no cost to the ticket. Was he doing that with uh, Gareth? 
Gertels? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So Dewars is going to be rocking that with him. The, the two, the, the two, two milk, milk punch, punch dudes. dudes in New York, right? <laughs> and that they both have different methodology. I love it. Right. Yeah. Aim, that was a fun show. Aim is more sciency, and and yeah. Gareth is more uh, old school. Just like, but the results are similar. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Exactly. So I'll be there attending that as well. Um, we also have Rumfire is going to be doing a seminar. Rumfire! Rumfire! I love Rumfire, man. <laughs> Dude, that's so good. Yeah, speaking of low ABV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. Um, you know, and also um, Maison Livlaire is another brand coming up. I'm pronouncing that right. They have delicious rum. I was so psyched about that. They're doing a seminar as well. Um, so those are going to be announced shortly. But Amon's was announced. It was our feature kind of seminar to really kick this off, and that and that did sell out pretty quick. So if awesome. you're looking to get in on seminars, check us out and make sure you sign up quick. Awesome. So it's just a one day pack, packed full. What time is it starting? Yeah. End? Well, let me let me clarify. Pun intended. <laughs> August nineteenth is going to be the tastings <laughs> with the after party, and then on Monday, August twentieth, those few seminars will take place okay. at separate locations. So you've grown into two days this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why not? You know, evolution, man. Yeah. Evolution yeah. and growth. We're growing. That's red. Yeah, we're spreading the message. But as far as low ABV, as you said, we just encourage it. We don't. We don't say these are the guidelines you have to do low ABV. We encourage I low say, ABV. I will say this actually. Speaking of low ABV and tiki, I know that like tiki drinks are typically like like historically they tend to include a lot of very high octane rums. But at the but same they're time, they're usually pretty long. You know, you get your zombie, and it's got a lot of stuff in there, but it's got a lot of pebble ice, and it dilutes as you're drinking it, and it takes a while to get through it. But also, you take a while to go through it. Yeah, you take a while to get through there. Yeah, exactly. And the same thing, like, so, like, it kind of maybe equals that, like, like right. even sound, but, like, the uh, the thing is, like, any time that I, like, a lot of the old school tiki recipes are, there's so much shit going on in them. There's so many ingredients. And a lot of the old school ones, which is why tiki is so cool, is because... It's kind of a collector's sport, right? Like, you have to find the right rum. Right, yeah, yeah. You true. have to find this one that's so, like, legit for this 1936 recipe or this 1971 version of uh, the zombie or whatever. You know, it's like, it's it's a collector's vibe, you know? And that's what, like, a lot of uh, cocktail enthusiasm is, right? You're like, well, I found this old bottle of, like, Hermes bitters, orange bitters, you know, I had to go to Japan to get it or whatever. I found like this, uh, this old bottle of Peychaud's they got from like, I bought from like Soul Agent, you know, in Chicago. And like now I can make like, like a legit old school, like Sazerac because I found a bottle of cognac from like 1860 or whatever, pre phylloxera, you know, like shit like that, you know? Right. So. So typically, to me, like whenever I'm sipping on a, a tiki drink, I'm sipping on it. I'm not slamming it. It's not like a, it's not a whiskey highball. But it's also it's not like the same way that like if I'm having a like Katie Stipe drink. I think it's Katie Stipe drink. The Rome with a View. Oh yeah, I think that's right. It's like Campari and dry vermouth, and it, it essentially like it's a it's a Ricky outside of that. Yeah. Um, it's 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 like low ABV. I'm not here to like get fucked up, right? You know. But over here uh, with the tiki drink, I'm like, I know I think, if I drink I this think a lot very of this quickly, also, then I'm going to be fucked. A lot of this is on us as the keepers of the gate, as it were, as the educators, like Matt's doing with his expo. Like, I don't think that <clears throat> I don't want to m- speak out of turn here, but I don't really think that our our guests necessarily get the difference. 
I don't think a guest necessarily sees the difference in the ABV of, say, a bamboo cocktail and an old-fashioned. These are both cocktails that I just sip, right? It's just blank. I don't think like it's a, totally... It's like a blanket term, rather? I don't like think a, it's totally blank, but I don't think... I didn't it, mean say blank. It's yeah, a yeah. blanket term. Like It's like alcohol. Yeah, I'm drinking. Well, I'm having a drink. This I booze. had four drinks last night. Oh, did you? Did you have four bamboos or four old fashions? Or two and two? Like, where did you land? That's a big difference. That's a there. huge difference. It's great. That's four, basically, glasses of big wine right. versus four pretty powerful cocktails. Yeah. And I don't think that the guest necessarily sees the difference. They don't. They, we, and it's up to us to educate them. I mean, look, there's things like taste addiction, craveability, all these things that have nothing to do with bars, all these drinks that don't sure. have alcohol, and also culture. If you go into a dive bar, when I was behind the stick there, somebody said, hey, you make good cocktails, make me some drinks. So I said, you got it. This guy comes in and he does, you know, two fingers of uh, Johnny Walker Black every day, and he goes back to back to back to back. So this guy's tolerance is through the roof, and he just downs these things. Small, small guy. So I'm making him these cruiser drinks, and cruiser drinks, I love fizzy and bubbly drinks, you know. Two ounces of your booze, one ounce of sweet, one ounce of sour, and top it off with bubbles. It's a cruiser, and you can do all these different cruisers. So I was making, he's like, I love this Cruising. thing. He's like, I love this thing, blah, 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 whatever. And by the end, he texts me, he goes, I didn't get wasted. What's wrong? What's going on? So he's What's literally wrong? coming you know, you to the just, thing. The fact you, that you asked that where question. He <laughs> came in to get drunk, and he's going, Are you guys putting iced tea in the whiskey? <laughs> Stuff like that. So people well, are there. They, if they have that intention, they want to get drunk, they have a motive. But if they're going out to have a nice time, why should we say low ABV, not that you're ordering sure. a drink and it's a delicious drink? You love it, wonderful. And when they ask, you can tell them about what's in it. Yeah. But I think that that but, kind but, of mentality I, I, is I, I, not I, I, exclusively, that, it's almost exclusively American. You know, yeah. like where I people think, are just drinking to get drunk. Yeah, that's true. You go to Italy and I mean, you have a fucking, uh, you have an Americano or like a... With lunch. Maybe a spritz, you know, you just do that casually through the day. Yeah. No big deal, you know? And then like maybe two o'clock in the morning, you, then you have a Negroni. But, right. but why... But, why are we why are we boozing yeah, people up though it. in a sense? If it's hospitality, why are we I mean, people go and do shots. It's an ounce of booze. Granted there's nothing else and you shoot it to your system, but now you're talking a cocktail has an ounce and a half to two ounces of booze in it. Guys, this is a lot. If you've been drinking low ABV drinks for three months, you've already done the paradigm shift. You've already sort of adapted into this. And if you're at like a low ABV let's say there was some popular drinks bar in, in Greenpoint, Brooklyn that does this stuff and they, they nailed their marketing, they were really good. They make no alcoholic tiki drinks because that could just be delicious, awesome stuff with no I, I use dried plum juice for my daiquiris as my rum base. Well, sure. Don't forget, we've got Seed Lip on the market now, yeah. which is a non-alcoholic distillate. So if you're hanging out as a group of friends, they're partying, they're having a good time, they're drinking these Instagrammable drinks where people are building their bar programs now based on being Instagrammable. That's, like, that's why Tiki is coming so popular now. And then everyone's having fun, they're fine, and your buddy rolls in with an old-fashioned in the glass, and people go, hey, hey man, is everything all right? Like, do you need... You need help or something, okay? Because then by way of perception and the culture change, yeah. if that was popular and been going on for a while, right. your perception would go, that's a lot of booze. Yeah. So this is about adapting perception, which is why if you went down this road and started making all these new drinks that didn't have a lot of alcohol, but people still loved it and they still were getting their kind of boozy fix, because you do get buzzed off of these drinks anyway, yeah. then you start to change and go... Why are we boozing people up? An ounce and a half is a lot to put in one drink. And when you got that situation where someone gets drunk off too, and you're like, I have to take care of them now, it starts to make a lot of sense. How are we taking care of people? How are we tending to people? And how are we responsible? Are we going to be making amazing drinks and that's what we care about? Or are you caring about how much booze goes into it? Sure. Big difference. Guess what? Food doesn't have alcohol in it. Yeah, people go to go to restaurants exactly. and spend lots of money and lots of time. Ever think about that? Cheese. Yeah. Give me all the cheese, man. Seriously. Addicted. No booze in that. So, yeah. Well, so, New York cocktail. I, I, mean, I think it's it, also yeah. uh, interesting mm-hmm. to maybe think about, uh, you know, soon, it seems pretty inevitable that marijuana is going to be legalized everywhere. But even where it already is, 
There's CBD cocktails. Sure, that's yeah, yeah that. But I mean, uh, I'm leaving cocktails behind for a second and talking about the marijuana. Like I went to a shop out in Seattle to pick up some stuff for Natalie. I don't I don't care for that stuff. She likes it. And when you're in there, they tell you everything. They say, oh, this one is like. 5.5 of whatever the stuff is, CBD or whatever. This one is 0.10 and this one's 0.20. Like, yep. where are you looking to go? So I feel like the consumer is going to learn that there are gradations of how, you know, uh, the effects of that can be. And maybe we just need to point out to them, like, hey, you know, don't forget, the, the, this, is, this, is 40, this is 40% or 80 proof. Uh, your cocktail is probably going to come out, you know, to somewhere around 30% after dilution and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can drink this bamboo, which is going to come out to probably around... 22. I love what you're talking about. I love it. It had me thinking about this nutrient thing and the term mixology, how people love it, they hate it. And I said, you know what? Finally, with this thing I'm doing at home with these nutrients and getting back into health, the mixology term becomes more clear. It's something you can train for and be certified for. It wouldn't be just about technique or how you are as a bartender and recipes. You really, you should know what you're putting in your drink, what nutrients are in the ingredients, what happens that when you blend kale, the component structure changes inside those nutrients inside. So if you're shaking a drink, how much dilution, if you're stirring it, whatever technique you're using, you should also know what happens to those ingredients and what happens to the body. So sure. I think you guys, so at home, you know, everybody loves to make the Ramos Gin Fizz and talk about their technique. And so at, I'm at home, I'm buying all this new water. Now I'm working with cactus water. I'm working with coconut water, red ginseng water. So, okay, I just worked out. I actually started working out again, lift some weights. I was like, I need to, to, to get my post-workout meal in. I'm going to make a red, a Ramos red ginseng fizz. That's what I'm going to make, a Ramos, no booze. So this is kind of what it looks like. It's a red ginseng water. It's all the same specs that you would use. You have your orange blossom water, which really makes it taste like that flavor. The red ginseng water is a little nutty, but water can take on any flavor. It's like a chicken wing. You can anything you can infuse into water that becomes anything. So your sours are the same, the lemon lime. Then I'm using stevia or honey, and I'm going aquafaba, and I'm using a whipped yeah, whipped yeah. almond milk creamer. Then, here's the kicker, vanilla protein powder for my post-workout. So yeah. here I am making a cocktail that's super healthy for me. Red ginseng water is like, um, has antioxidants, it's good for inflammation, it benefits your brain function, it's good for your libido, and now it's like, here's what's in my drink, here's what it does for you, mixologist. And you can train for that. You could be sure. certified for this kind of thing, so the term doesn't have to be so, oh, it's so whatever. Lofty, yeah. You really could be trained as a nutritionist and everything else with the bar technique and everything else on top of it. So that, that really just kind of, I was like, yeah, mixology. Man. Nutritionist meets bartender. Yeah. How cool is that? It's so, pretty fascinating, man. Um, and we're excited to come to New York Cocktail Expo. Uh, we're you know, they, they, I want to say really quickly, like aquafaba is like one of the coolest things to use yes. in a cocktail, like outside of like if, you, if you're trying to make any kind of like sour fizz kind of like situation. I've got a beautiful aquafaba cocktail in my my book, which comes out on August 28th. Wait, the the book where you. Uh, <laughs> oh, you got it. That's right. Congratulations you on your book, Souther. Uh, I'm just the, here for the, the one, drinks available now on Amazon.com. The one where you uh, love it, love it. You know, you uh, <laughs> take a lot of photos from a bar where you don't shake things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're doing a stirred aquafaba? Cocktail? No, no, no. We, we, we got behind that little bar and this shook some viscous, stuff. This is viscous, this drink. It's very viscous. We got behind that little bar and shook some stuff. Uh, but hey, this is your cocktail. I really want to say real quick, dude, this is like, I'm. This well, is I've had a blast on this show. Yeah, this is fascinating. Oh, you've been a. This has been a really fun time. You've been a great guest, and uh, thank you, Dan. Wow, man, I've I've learned 
I've, I've learned a lot. Yeah, we need to have you show. back and talk more about this sort of nutritional angle. Yeah. I wanted I to talk about to. New York Cocktail Expo to get some people over there yeah. for you, but well, it's on, we can it, talk about this. It's it's August 19th. Tickets are on sale now, nycocktailexpo.com. I've got a special discount for your guests. Use promotional code SPEAKEASY for 20% off tickets. Hey. Get those VIP tickets so you can get to the rooftop after party. So that's Sunday, 2 to 7 p.m., nycocktailexpo.com. We even have uh, discounts if you're going as a cocktail crew or a cocktail entourage. You get four tickets. They're discounted. It's going to be super a super blast. It's going to be the ultimate Sunday fun day. And trade, come down, taste new products on the market. Bartender spirits, get involved. Contact us so you can showcase and make drinks for the best cocktail competition of 2018 with judges Eamon Rocky, Will Elliott, and oh. Pat Wisnitzer. It's going to be amazing. So we're going to have a super good time. Come hang out with us at NY Cocktail Expo 2018. Sounds you know, I'm usually fantastic. available Sundays between 2 and 7. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys are going to be my I'll, guests. I'll definitely yeah. be there. Right? Uh, cool. We'll, uh, <laughs> by the way, I'll repost uh, all yeah, that we'll stuff you just said about that. Um, uh, the discount using the code SPEAKEASY. Yeah. Uh, I'll put that on, my, uh, on our new Instagram, which is SPEAKEASY Podcast. So follow us there. Uh, slide into our DMs and send us some questions for upcoming <laughs> guests. Uh, next week, we got uh, Jesse Scheidlower uh, operates. Oh, sorry, that's not next week. Uh, let me look at my calendar. Next week, sorry, we got. Uh, oh, wait, that is right. Jesse Scheidlower, he's the operator of Threesome Toll Booth. Threesome, yeah. Um, which is the, 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 the bar, bar that only seats two people. It's really amazing. I got to go. Uh, I highly recommend it. He's a, a character in general. Can we. So can we go have a threesome? You and I, over yeah, there? let's do it. All right, we should. There you go. Um, <laughs> but also, uh, I need to mention this. Um, this is a big deal, and I want to make sure I get it uh, on the air before uh, Tales of the Cocktail, which, by the way, after the show on the 18th, uh, uh, I take off to go to Tales. When do you go, Damon? The next I, day? I go on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually go Thursday, too. So, yeah. Cool. Um, for, because we're going down, because we're up for an award. Um, and thank you, everyone, for, uh, for, for the continued support and everything. We... Uh, we're actually up for our first first Tales. ever spirited award. Spirited yeah, award. Thank you. Congratulations, for, guys. We're in the category of best uh, broadcast podcast or online video series, mm-hmm. up against our good friends, uh, bartender at large, which is Eric Castro. Um, also on there is uh, uh, Whiskey Cast mm-hmm. and uh, Bar None. And Bar None, right? Yeah. Uh, no, wait, that's not right. Is that right? No, no, not right. You, you're messing me up. <laughs> you're messing with my head, Damon. Uh, why can't I remember the fourth one? Um, well, there, there were 10 in the uh, original There category. were 10, yeah. I'm just trying to remember the fourth the, of the four. Oh, Life Behind Bars, duh. With, Life Behind with Bars, Noah yeah, and, yeah, uh, exactly. With Noah and, and yeah. uh, Dave, which, who just so had we're not gonna win. last week. Uh, <laughs> oh, wah, wah. But we're going down anyway. So We are going down. But listen, here's the thing I'm going to do on July 19th. Um, uh, the team from uh, uh, Bitter Queens uh, uh, are throwing an event called Studio 504 Tales of the Tea Dance, a benefit for LGBTQ youth. Um, Bitter Queens, Tales of the Cocktail Foundation are bringing you this, the first ever official LGBTQ event at Tales of the Cocktail in their ongoing effort to be more inclusive. This is first ever? First ever. Wow. Pretty rad. So uh, you can come on down and drink beverages created from some of your favorite bartenders using spirits from LGBTQ owned uh, and operated spirits brands from around the country. Uh, It's a 70s event, so dress in your best uh, disco finery. Um, uh, All the profits are going to go to Breakout NOLA, an organization that supports LGBTQ youth. Uh, you can RSVP at studio five zero four tales dot eventbrite dot com. So that's the word studio, the number is five zero four. The word tales dot eventbrite dot com. It's a thirty dollar donation which supports the Breakout Nola. Uh, you get the commemorative tank top, drink tickets, light bites, and all the disco beats that you can handle. And I think this is a pretty cool thing. And it's a sounds amazing. And they're a bitters I'll company. Be they're a bitters company that I stand behind. We have uh, we carry their bitters on the bar to Mori Margo. We use them in our drinks, uh, and they're just a, a couple of really cool upstanding dudes. 
uh, the bitter queens. Yeah. So that's right really on. red. Um, but back to our guests. Uh, I was being serious. Uh, you can definitely slide into our DMs. What we're trying to get uh, is a little bit more audience interaction with us um, and get you involved with the show. So if you want to, uh, if you have any questions, you might want to ask Jesse Scheidlower. Uh, drop us a, a line on our uh, Speakeasy podcast. Drop us a line also on Twitter at uh, Speakeasy Radio. Uh, we'll get those uh, questions, and if uh, if you get them in before next next week's show, we'll ask Jesse live on the air. Uh, he's also um, a fascinating character. He wrote the book called uh, Fuck, which is a just a lengthy definition of the word fuck because he used to work for the uh, Oxford English Dictionary. This guy is kind of a genius. Um, I can't wait for the show. I've been looking forward <laughs> yeah, to it. Yeah, me too. Uh, me too. It's going to be really cool. Uh, and I, uh, you know, I can't wait to sort of secretively talk about his bar because you're not supposed to talk about it because it's such an experience. He doesn't want people to have it ruined. <laughs> Right, so all I can, look, you mean the word I, fuck or the no, I'm no, no, the bar. I, I, I can't, uh, you know, I can't. Uh, he'll he'll elaborate as much as he wants, and we'll just have to go along for the ride. But you and I need to go together. Well, speaking it's of going along great. for the ride, it'll be a, a great show to have, like right before we go to tales. Right we'll before have a lot we go of, to tales, we'll have a lot of uh, conversational topics. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, we'll have one. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, all right, I'm going to wrap up the show real fast just by reminding you one more time. We're in the middle of our summer fun drive. It goes all the way through July 31st. We're trying to raise $25,000 uh, for, for the station in general and for the show to keep us all on air. Uh, you can go to speakeasy, uh, Sorry, you can go to heritageradionetwork.org, uh, click on the beating heart, and it'll guide you towards how to donate. You can even choose shows that you want to donate directly mm-hmm. to. You can also choose an option that lets you uh, automatically donate monthly, uh, as low as $5 a month and as high as the, your credit card will allow you to go, I guess. Um, and again, there's tons of cool uh, member gifts that you get for different levels of uh, of whatever. And we should also thank all, all of our listeners who and, have. And donated don't forget, if anybody, far. and oh, of course, and if anybody remembers or goes back and listens to last week's episode, Dave Wondrich and Noah Rothbaum offered to ice you. Uh, surprised that they'll come when they want to if you donate twenty five thousand dollars and hit our goal right away. So there's that. Uh, that's all I got, Dan. What do you got? That was well. You just read my mind. Because. Um, right. <laughs> Of all the other things that you just said, um, which are very important to to mention and, and announce, the uh, I think one of the most important parts was uh, reminding people that Dave Wondrich and Noel Rothbaum will ice them for twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that you know that's just like I think there's somebody <laughs> out there who wants that to happen. Yeah, it, whether for you want twenty five thousand and one dollars, whether you want it, we'll follow <laughs> with our audio equipment. Yeah, yeah. You know what? We'll even make it. We'll 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 bring a camera. We'll, we'll. yeah, we'll make a, a Facebook live <laughs> out of it. Uh, and you know, I I thought of this too. Who wants to, to get iced? You can buy this and have someone iced. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's like hiring a hitman. Yeah, a couple of a couple of, a couple of drunken hitmen. <laughs> that's like someone's gonna do it for like. Like a wedding gift yes. or something, you know, some, oh, some cocktail nerd out there is going to do that. Yeah, man. They better. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, uh, so, uh, yeah, do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, this has been a really great show, man. Thank you so much for coming on the air for, like, the afternoon and uh, bringing us some great rum and uh, just great conversation. Like, it, it's always wildly like entertaining for me to like you know as a an inspirational for me as like someone who is a bar owner i know so you probably feel the same way mm-hmm. um but like also as just an enthusiast which led me into where i am in this industry to hear someone speak so passionately about um your experiences and the the stuff that you're doing i th- and i want to say thank you for yeah, the, man, it gets us fired up yeah great. it's really cool and um 
Shit, man. Uh, I can't wait for I can't wait for the event, man. Yeah, New York Cocktail Cocktail Expo 2018. Sundays. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> All I can say, guys, is I just want to say thank you, and it has been a true honor to sit with you and talk. I truly enjoyed it, and I definitely feel the good vibe in the room. And awesome, man. Well, yeah, it's all about those guys. vibrations, man. Yeah. It is. All right, let's <laughs> vibrate these the garden glasses. growing, man. Yeah. yeah. Cheers, Cheers, guys. Cheers. All right. Till next week. This is the Speakeasy on Harris Radio. Cheers. 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 So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.